ಚಿತ್ತಸ್ಯಪದೇನವಾಚಾಂಜಲಿಸ್ಮಿ so in the last class we were studying the various vibhutis the various supernatural powers that a yogi may develop on his spiritual journey we studied till the 41st sutra today we will take up from the 42nd sutra there are some other another eight sutras which has been dedicated to these various supernatural powers that one may develop on his spiritual journey and on the very though this chapter is named vibhuti pada but we will find the last few sutras from the 50 50th sutra onwards another five six sutras though those sutras are in the vibhuti pada but they actually speaks of the gives an introduction to the kaivalya pada the last chapter which speaks that if we don't get deviated by the supernatural powers and can keep ourselves fixed in our goal which will lead to the kaivalya the ultimate liberation how it happens how it ensues what's the psychological process behind it so that last chapter will be dealing with that for which the introduction will start in this chapter itself from the 50th sutra for another 5 6 sutras so today we will try to uh complete the discussion on the various supernatural powers which has been spoke, spoken of in the vibhuti pada the last eight sutras which we will be studying today dealing with the supernatural powers to start with the 42nd and we will end up with the 49th the eight so this vibhutis will be spoken of one after the other so let us go to the 42nd sutra of the third chapter what is speaking kaya aakashayo sambandha samyamat laghu tula samapatte cha aakash gamanam so these are the things i don't know whether anyone has experienced or witnessed or not but these sutras are mentioned of course its relevance is there but yes to be very frank i have not seen or i don't know whether anyone have seen successfully practicing this type of practices and as such as we have mentioned it has nothing to do with our spiritual growth it just speak that if we can take our psyche if our psychological state to certain state of awareness we can develop those supernatural powers what it is speaking of akasha gamanam leviation it speaks of the leviation so we have found that for the last uh, few decades there were many such camps who have claimed but most of them ends up to be a fraud we do never find that really some has been possible but swami vivekananda in one plus has told nice thing but when you find that there is some fraudulent practice it speaks that they are trying to imitate which something is genuine might be somewhere someone genuinely has practiced those thing which at present they are in their attempt to imitate it ends up in some fraudulent practices as uh, they are not very sincere about it but let us go to the sutra and try to understand what it is saying what is the science behind it kaya aakashayo sambandha samyamat if you try to concentrate on the link between kaya means this body and aakasha the space then what you will realize that this body is actually like laghu tula samapat is just like a cotton wool the cotton wool 
you will find is floating with a little wind. It's so light. It just, just floats in the air. So they say if we meditate, if we really try to find out the relation between the body and the space, invariably you will find that the relation is something like the space and the cotton wool. The cotton wool is very light because actually it is something very puffed. Inside it is year and year alone and it floats in the air. And if you can really visualize this, that your body is nothing, but just like a cotton wool, it's mostly space and space alone, then it can enable you to levitate. So this is something which we are not going to practice, but let us try to understand what this sutra is speaking of. But is it really our bodies like cotton wool? Even with the common science, you will understand what it is speaking is something which is a fact. Any solid matter, where I'm sitting, the chair, the table, it appears to be very solid. But is it solid? But after all, any, even our body is made up of cells. The table is made up of atoms. Even the cells at last we will find is nothing but molecules and atoms. Even these atoms, what they say? That there's a nucleus where the protons are there and the neutrons are there. And around it, around the nucleus, the electrons are moving around. But what's the distance between the electrons and the nucleus? So they say it's almost like the distance between the sun and the planets. If I can enlarge the atom to that of this our planetary existence, the nucleus, the sun will be like something like the nucleus and like the planets at a huge distance, these electrons are moving. You forget about uh, the planets and the sun. Just let us take a football ground for understanding what it's speaking of. If the nucleus is just the football kept in the center of the football ground, then the entire ground is empty. Someone most probably is running around the stadium. So that's the electron. Most of the place is space. That's the atom by which anything is met, even the solid thing is met. It's mainly space and space alone. When we say anything is solid, it's the limitation of our senses that makes us feel it as solid. It's the limitation of the senses. It's not solid. With a common example, you will understand. The electrons are at huge distance from the nucleus. But yes, they're moving very fast, extremely fast. And as a result, that gives the notion of solid. With a very preliminary science understanding, we need not go to the higher advanced science because for most of us, those who are uh, not very familiar with the scientific advanced theories, it will be very, very difficult to understand this. But with a very common example, you all will understand. Just suppose we take the fan which is revolving in the summer season. So when the fan is not revolving, you may see three or four blades distinctly visible. But when the fan starts revolving, do we see the blades? The blades are no more visible. It appears as a disk. Why it happens? We do not see that most of the place is space, but I don't see the space. I see it as a disk. Why it appears as a disk? Because there is something called the retention capacity of our eye. It's a limitation of our vision that the moment when I'm seeing something, that thing moves out from my vision and within a very small fraction of time, something else comes into my vision. I still return the previous vision and this gets lapsed, overlapped with the current vision. And that's how the movie is possible. In your TV, actually it's only dots. The dots are traveling so fast that gives you the sense, the feeling of the moving pictures. But these actually dots moving very fast. The previous dots are written when the next dots are coming into the, your vision. And that gives the sense of a picture. If you remember, in our childhood days in the school, many of us 
to uh, understand this retention capacity of our eye, did one experiment. In my school days, I did it. In a paper, in one side, we used to draw a cage. On the other side, opposite side, a bird. And with a stick, we have to rotate the page in such a way that in our vision, once the page gets turned, the cage comes and the very next moment, the birds come in our vision. If you do it for some time, immediately you will feel that the bird is as if inside the cage. What is happening? By the time the bird is moving out of your vision and the cage is coming, it is still retaining the vision of the bird. And as a result, you see the bird in the cage. So this is called the retention capacity of the eye. Because of that, all the movies which we see, it's all actually static photographs, which are moving very fast, giving you the notion of video, this moving picture. Actually, uh, no video camera takes the motion as such. It is taking the shot of each of the small, minute intervals at the minute time lapse of these static photos, which moves very fast to give you a notion that it's a video, it's a motion picture. It's a, actually not analogous, it's digital. It's breaking actually, but it's so fast, it gives the notion of motion. So similarly here, when the electrons are moving so fast, it gives our eyes cannot even catch it. It gives a notion of something which is continuing, solid. You may say, if that's the case, why my hand doesn't penetrate? It's actually not something solid interacting with the solid. It's the field created by the atoms of your body, which interacts with the field of the other. This is the, uh, the clash of the field. It is not the real clash of some matter which doesn't allow one to penetrate to the other. If anything was really solid, we couldn't have, you couldn't have thought of vaccination. You couldn't have think of the needle entering, piercing your body if the body was real solid. There is a lot of space. The needle can enter your body, gives the, immediately will make you convinced of the fact it's space alone, it's space and space alone. So now when the sutra is speaking that the think of the body as, as light, as the cotton wool, is not something which is a mere imagination. It's a fact. In our day-to-day uh, -day experience, we think it is our weight which doesn't allow us to float. But it's not the fact. It's not the weight alone. It is the weight it's with the relation of the internal pressure. The body is called, have an internal pressure. If it was not there, the tremendous atmospheric pressure would have collapsed us. We would have just simply crushed. The body has an internal pressure which matches with that atmospheric pressure to keep us intact. Not only that, even the gravitation would have is a tremendous force. It would have made us, it would have crushed us is the internal pressure which creates that a type of buoyancy. If weight was alone the factor which doesn't allow us to, uh, as if float, then in the moon with the same weight, it's uh, when with our same mass, I won't say the same weight, when you're going to the moon, as the gravitation is less and your internal body pressure remains the same that with what you have been uh, in the earth. So that gives a sense of buoyancy. There you will find that a little movement is, act, is as if you're floating. Just you jump, you can, if here you can jump uh, as, as a, a high jumper for four feet, five feet, there you can easily jump for almost the double. So why it's happening that buoyancy you're getting because the internal body pressure in relation to the gravitation is now is some, the pressure is more. The gravitation compared to that is less. That gives you the buoyancy. It, it's everywhere. Uh, just uh, we, as uh, just when we are trying to float in water, we get drowned. And the huge ship, that huge wet, how it is floating. Again, the same thing. Its structure is such that that it makes it buoyant. 
the internal uh, that's what you say the surface area compared to the wet is as much much higher so that gives it the buoyancy so this is the thing which has been indicated in this sutra that what has happened that visualization is very important that we have got fixed with the notion that my body won't allow me to float with pranayama we can increase the internal this what you say that the air pressure that you can become more buoyant and that along with the along with that if the visualization is done it pranayama accompanied by visualization visualization is very important nowadays you go to sports any game if you just take just listen to the interview long back muhammad ali's recently tiger woods they all speak that about 80% of their success actually depends on visualization before the game before any game before any uh, competition they first visualize if you just uh, um, go to the what you say the the, the sumo the for the sumo is the way they fight the visualization becomes an important factor it is a visualization that enables them to gain some physical competency there are a lot of experiments on it you know even without flexing your muscle it's a real experiment even you can search in the internet various uh, athlete groups have done it and with success they have done it that you need not flex your muscle for about a month just sit and visualize that you are flexing your muscles your muscles will grow that actually your mind conditioning has to do with our body we are psychosomatic the word which is used is psychosomatic your psychology it is the mind which determines what will be your body structure so you know in the even in the life of ramakrishna is a wonderful example when he was doing sadhana in dasya bhav as a servant with a servant attitude that lord is the master i am the servant for that he took hanuman as the role model thinking himself as hanumana he continued with his sadhana and he found that there is a growing of tail the coccyx region has grown just as the hanuman has a tail it grew just by the visualization it's something which is recorded if you read uh, the the lila prashanga the uh, ramakrishna the great master the biography of ramakrishna there it is mentioned you will find that when ramakrishna was doing the sadhana in dasya bhav as thinking himself as hanumana this the coccyx region grew from where we have the the structure of the tail just by visualization so visualization do play a great role in affecting our body so when you think yourself in a certain way so what happens it actually how it the visualization works it raises our awareness it changes our awareness by directing the focused attention to the things we want overcoming the brain's tendency to protect itself from anything new we always always try to be in the secure zone anything new we want to avoid so the visualization actually is to helping us to go beyond those conditionings by visualization we go beyond and raise our level of awareness and with that this type of supernatural power most probably is possible but again we are just doing what you said the justice to the text i have not seen anyone doing it and till now what whoever has claimed at last has been found to be some uh, this is it's a fraud it's a fraudulent attempt it has never proven prov- till now we have never found anyone to be genuine i have seen a quite a number of videos which actually is a caricature of so called leviation uh, it's an uh, not the leviation which we are speaking of here so in the 30 near let us now let us proceed to the next sutra the 43rd sutra so it actually is something which helps in our spiritual evolution though it's a, a supernatural power but it's not harmful as we will read the sutra you will find the importance of it 
बहि अकल्पिता वृत्ति महाविदेहा ततः प्रकाश आवरण क्षय वॉट इट इज स्पीकिंग बहि अकल्पिता वृत्ति कल्पिता मीन्स इमेजिनेशन यू हैव टू प्रैक्टिस धारणा दट्स यूर सिटिंग बट यू आर नॉट इन द बॉडी यू आर एवरीवेयर or you may think yes you can just think that you are permeating the entire space you are not just in the body my amness doesn't end in the skin boundary it permeates the entire existence at the beginning it is kalpita it is imagination but with the practice this visualization becomes so strong you start palpably feeling you are everywhere the next phrase is also important mahavideha when you are trying to practice that mindfulness that my amness is something which pervades everything it is not just within the body it's everywhere first you will find that you have the awareness of your amness within the body as well as outside to give an example a novice in a buddhist monastery was asked to meditate Uh, his what was the meditation mindfulness not on you need not have to concentrate on any particular idea just be mindful sit straight breathe normally whatever is going on in your this present atmosphere just observe objectively if anything is happening within the body think yes i am just observing it is not that it is our, it is my body which i am observing i am just observing the happenings of the body as well as what is happening outside so the novice is relating a very interesting thing that as uh, i was sitting for quite long i started de- developing pain in my knees now i was told that when you have any bodily discomfort don't try to relax by moving that leg just think that pain is not you you are separate from it and you just observe means just you will be observing not reacting the moment you move your leg you are reacting to the pain so don't react just observe that is the practice it is something which is giving you some discomfort but that will help you try to do that so after few days this novice is relating a wonderful thing that i when i was just observing my pain trying to be objective suddenly i that some birds was chirping sitting on the tree near the uh, uh, meditation hall outside in a tree a bird was sitting and the bird started chirping and suddenly i felt i am observing both in the same objective manner that chirping also is as objective as my pain and then i understood yes that i have to certain extent succeeded in my meditation that i can observe the pain as objectively as the chirping of the bird but here what is happening though you are observing both still you have the sensation of the body that the body pain also i am observing as well as i am observing the chirping of the bird so still you don't have the sense of videha meant that i am not the body still it's not there you are still observing so initially the mind is both inside as well as outside when it becomes mahavideha when by the practice you get totally rid of the bodily all the discomforts when you are trying to think you are outside the body a time comes the bodily all the uh, alarm the bodily biological alarm system that just falls off you are no more aware of the bodily feelings you really start feeling you pervade everywhere you are no more limited within the body that is mahavideha videha means without body mahavideha means a sensation where the all the bodily feelings accompanied by that uh, uh, crossing of the boundary that is no more there this has totally fallen off you feel that you are pervading the entire space cosmos so you have become something like non local when it happens through this sangyama it is possible it happens then what happens tata prakasha avarana kshaya now the grossest of all the well is that i am the body this falls off unless we get rid of the feeling that i am the body 
it is almost impossible to go to the higher rungs of spiritual realization so this though has been accounted as a supernatural power but this practice actually helps in our spiritual growth that the more you can do that the more you will find the bodily feeling is falling off because any awareness which localizes our awareness is a diseased state as we told again and again that in as per the spiritual illumination is concerned we have to go beyond the localization of our awareness that when i am healthy what is the sign of health my life is throbbing through the entire body just see a small child even it has fallen while playing it has a small cut it's not aware of it it immediately gets up starts running it's so full of life when it comes back home the parent sees there is some cut and says oh when when had you had this bruise you have noticed his health is throbbing through the entire body now when we grow start getting old a little pain our entire attention goes there a headache my total attention will be going there so what is happening the attention the awareness which is supposed to permeate the entire body is now getting localized to my head or to my heart i have a heart attack i have my knees are paining whatever you may say this localization speaks of this ease my ease is no more there ease has gone that is disease so the more i can go beyond this localization the more healthy you are in spiritual sense also we are more healthy when we can go beyond the this localization sense of localization that i am the body and that enables you to pro- pro- progress farther in your spiritual journey so that way this is the practice which will be helping us in our spiritual journey vahi akalpita vritti when you are imagining yourself outside that imagination is no more imagination kalpana means imagination akalpita is negation you really start feeling that mahavidha at the first you feel both within and without with the practice what happens this all the feelings which are within that gets totally negated you feel you are pervading the entire space that is the mahavidha when when it happens then all the this the veil of ignorance that starts falling off because the greatest veil is that i am this limited psychophysical existence that starts falling off so now let us proceed to the 44th sutra the next sutra what it is speaking of it actually speaks of science you will find in the commentaries so many things has been mentioned but yes maybe they may be true but we can relate to these sutras just with our day to day science yoga sutra is a science of concentration if you are using it for your spiritual journey well it will take you spiritual illumination but as it is a science of concentration it doesn't mean only the spiritual evolution if the concentration is on some material things that also is going to result in scientific discoveries and here the yoga sutra being a science of concentration deals with all sorts of concentration so what is the concentration here spoken of sthula swarupa shukshma anvaya artha arthatva samyamat bhuta jaya you develop the mastery over bhuta of all the this materials of the bhuta means all the elements mastery of the elements of all the things which you see in the universe you have control mastery over that how by concentrating on samyama concentrating on sthula the gross the grossness of the thing gradually that concentration leads to the sukshma that's to the swarupa the essential char- essential characteristic of it then it leads to the subtlety the sukshma anvaya means the fundamental laws that governs it and last is arthatva what role it has to play in our day to day life how it can help us so what it is speaking is very interesting just take a magnet to give an example sthula if you the when you see a piece of magnet it appears just to be an iron bar it's an iron bar so as per the grossness is concerned it looks like an iron bar but now suddenly you find if some iron filings are placed or some other iron is placed it is attracting 
So now you know its essential character. It looks as a gross thing. It looks like an iron bar, but essentially, its swarupa is that it attracts iron. It's not just an ordinary iron bar. It has that power to attract the iron filings. That is its swarupa. And then you go to the subtlety. Why it? Then if you ask why, why it is attracting the iron filings, how it is different from an ordinary iron bar. And then you go to the science that from this contemplation, the science evolves. The sciences came that way. How? That a magnet is an iron bar. In an ordinary iron bar, there are magnetic dipoles, which are all scattered. So each, the north pole of one magnetic dipole is negating the other as they are scattered, as they're in different directions, they're scattered. So the net magnetic field is zero there. But this iron bar, this special iron bar, here what has happened? All the magnetic dipoles have been aligned. So you get south pole in one direction, north pole in one direction, and that's why the magnet magnetism has is finding expression there. So now the subtlety by concentrating, see this all the scientific discoveries are happening that iron bar becomes a magnet when all the dipoles get aligned. So in such a way that the north poles are in one direction and the south poles are in another direction. So from this, after this, what you find? The fundamental laws that govern it, that if I place the iron filings, I know there's a magnetism and this magnetism follows certain laws. The magnetic laws are there. By studying the way the filings, these iron filings are getting aligned around the magnet, I discovered the magnetic laws, all the, that is the unwire, the fundamental laws that govern it. Once I know that, once I know the this first I saw the iron bar, then I came to know that it is a magnet. And then I came to know the magnetic laws. Now I can use it for various purpose. Your generator for generating electricity needs a magnet. So in so many ways, it can serve our purpose. So now I have done Bhuta Jaya. does Bhuta Jaya? That now this serves my purpose. I have full control over it. Till I knew its nature, uh, knew its nature, I had no control over it. It was just an ordinary iron bar. Now I have full control over it. We as a human being have developed control over nature just by this, as simple as that. By concentrating on the sthula first, the gross, try to find out its essential characteristic, then go to the real subtlety of it and try to get the knowledge, all the knowledge of the laws which is governed, which it's, uh, by which it is governed, and then how it serves the purpose, arthatva. So this is the simple way. This is the only way of developing mastery over the elements. So there's a famous statement of Francis Bacon that knowledge is power. So that's what it means. So just by having the knowledge of the thing, you get gain power over it. Then this knowledge is power. Francis Bacon has himself explained this his own statement by a wonderful allegory. What he used to, used to say that the Mother Earth is just like a widow, a lady who has a lot of treasure, and she doesn't want to. Uh, share her treasure with others. And one day some, the dacoits come and force all the treasure from her, takes away. So Mother Earth is like that lady with a lot of treasures. And we, the so-called the humans, are the, like those dacoits. With our knowledge, we force. The Mother Nature by itself doesn't want. We are forcing out. That's how we discovered the use of fire. The, the fire by seeing which all other animals run away. We use it as our power. So the, the, the way we have learned the uh, use of will, fire, all these discoveries had a huge leap in our civilization, one after another. So all these are aspects of Bhuta Jaya, this control. With your knowledge, you are having control over the nature. So that's what is being spoken of. Sthula, Swarupa, Shukshmanva. So when you have it, then what results, what ensues from it? 
this next sutra, we always go for some supernatural explanation, but we will try to understand that even we need not go for supernatural explanation. Maybe it's possible, but in the modern science, there are things which can easily, very plainly explain this type of sutra. What's that? Tata, animadi, pradur bhava, kaya sampat, tat dharma, anabhi ghata cha, anabhi ghata cha, tata animadi. Animadi means becoming small. There are ashta siddhis which has been spoken of. So by adi means etc. Actually all the eight siddhis you can gain by having control over the nature. The control which you have by studying the sthula, swarupa, shukshma, anvaya, arthatva, which we studied in the previous sutra. By that when you know the nature of a thing, you can develop siddhi, tremendous power over it. What are those power? Animadi. That's ability to reduce it to a very small, like a nanoparticle. Anima laghima. Laghima means to reduce it weight almost to zero. So now always we till now, we always thought that the yogi can become something very small. He can be something very light, laghima, mahima. He like Hanumana, he can just go in, grow in size. We know that Hanumana can reduce his size, grow in size. And we all try to just interpret this sutra that way. But there is an easier way to understand it is actually speaking of science. We will come to it. Prapti, to reach out far off. Prakamya, ability to attain the kamya means goal. Prakamya means to attain the desired goal in a very nice way. Means full, you've just, uh, uh, you just fulfill your desires, accomplish your goal in with full perfection. That is the prakamya. Next is vashitva, the power to hypnotize, to influence others. Then the seventh is ishitritva the ability to control the external resources, the natural resources. And the last one is yatra kama vasaitva. Yatra kama vasaitva means to have control over the living creatures. So we always take it personally and think that all the supernatural powers develop. Maybe it's true, but in the modern science, when once you develop the control of the nature, nowadays you can relate this sutra wonderfully with all the discoveries, anima, just let us take before the election, a political party wants to win the election so that it can run the government. It speaks of power. It speaks of that last two things, Ishitritva and Yatra Kama Vasaitva. That I have to, that as a, if I have, can run the government, I have the control over all the resources the country has. I have control over the people, what laws I will make, how I will regulate. I have control. So for that, how it starts, sitting a politician, most probably sitting in his office, he need not have to even meet the people, delivers a lecture through the media, through some of this, uh, nowadays you can say that there's a, like just the way we are taking the class, maybe it's say some, some Zoom, or maybe it's in the TV transmission center. What is happening, the lecture is recorded, it is getting converted into something uh, which is stored in a small IC chip. Your form, your voice, everything is getting there. And then we can transmit it, the electromagnetic transmission that has no weight. The IC chip speaks of anima. It has been reduced to that small information. All the information, the huge informations now which we can store in the IC chip speaks of anima. Just with a small, uh, the, the, the entire world can be in your pocket, in the, the, the you know, mobile phone, the USB, the thing which you have in your pocket, so much of information, everything is being compact in that IC chip, anima, laghima, it can be transmitted through the uh, electromagnetic transmission, which has no weight, it has you reduced to zero, mahima, once it is transmitted, you can have larger than life, big, big screens where the politician's lecture is being uh, again transmitted. 
people can just see far off sitting you may be sitting thousands of kilometers away and that's the prapti you can reach out prapti means the next fourth able to reach out just by this transmission you're sitting in one place it is going to the entire country your lecture prakamya what you're doing all those things to win the election you can with all these things you are just trying to attain a particular desired goal prakamya to desire to go for to win the elections and how you do it through all this propaganda all this political propaganda you have taken by that i am hypnotizing influencing the people the people start thinking they start visualizing a very nice future oh yes he is just assuring with this type of all these goals he has set it is going to really change the destiny of the nation country and you get hypnotized influenced vashitva is that's there is there and once with all this political propaganda you win the election sitting in your political office you have done that and then comes ishitritva now you are running the government you have control over all the resource and yatra kama va saitva you have control over the people so just see once you have the bhuta jaya maybe as previously most probably that they were having that capability to use their own psyche as the ic chip they uh, they just the way after all entire science is a very poor imitation of nature is very poor imitation of nature why it is a poor imitation just now we know with all our science that how perfectly our the entire system works how minutely just when to give a common example this uh, you will find may may find it interesting see when those who have the uh, very severe diabetes type 1 diabetes they are in insulin they have to be in insulin for them a big problem is there what's the big problem suppose for some reason the uh, they take very less food one day but as they're taking insulin injection but they take very less food now the insulin is more um, more compared to the sugar intake as a result the sugar level drops and suddenly he will find that his head is uh, just he's uh, about to faint off he's just about to faint he's feeling dizzy and he has to take some sugar now the question very important question that when i am in insulin injection and i am i cannot fast then i have to take normal diet otherwise my sugar will fall off a very interesting thing suppose someone is has uh, started doing hunger strike for some agitation maybe there is they are without food for 3 4 days some maybe bit more but for them also they are not taking food the body is uh, secreting insulin so they are supposed to faint but it doesn't happen they are quite okay just see that our body is so efficient what's how it's that when you are not taking food the insulin secretion when it is happening normally naturally it drops there is a wonderful regulation as there is a natural regulator within the body but when i am taking external insulation then i have no control over it the sugar level will fall but when i am normal i am not taking insulin when i am not taking food the insulin level also will drop so what we are speaking this body is a wonderful mechanism and we are trying to imitate it more and more as a result what has happened now we boast that what that a person who is supposed to die is in hospital for 30 days with all sorts of tubes running throughout the body and they with the science will say the doctor will say you just the way your body secretes the hormone it's regulated we have discovered how this regulation is done and that's how the life is sustained for 30 days 40 days yes in some cases when you are have not gone to coma it revives you back but in most of the cases what happen you stay in that state for prolonged time in that vegetative state at last uh, the the death is there the patient dies now with all this boasting what we have done we have imitated the nature the way the nature will be regulating my hormones that i have imitated but can i make him walk can i make him just to be a normal person no he is lying 
He is lying there in a total vegetative state. That's why it's a very poor imitation of nature. We are doing what we are doing is exactly is very poor imitation of nature. So all these supernatural powers is actually imitation of the nature, nothing else. But with, with, with what we have attained in the science. So when this has sutras has been written thousands of years back, it's most probably very genuine. And those days when the entire experiment was with the psyche itself, they never took the experiment outside with the outside material. Now we are doing with the outside material, we are attaining all those success there. But in those days, all the thing was with the psyche. And we are finding the psyche is almost parallel with the information technology now. So that's the experiment which instead of uh, resorting to the external uh, things, if you would have done with the psyche, most probably we could have achieved the same results or maybe in a far better way. But this all shows as we have attained them with our science at present, to a great extent, that anima, lagima, we are explaining that there's just with the example of that political, uh, what you say that, that all the propaganda winning election, we are taking resorting to the bhuta. You have now control over the, this information technology is a product of science. You have done bhuta jaya. You have control over the so-called the nature to a certain extent you have control. With that, you are getting the power. So that shows that the same thing, if you can do with the psyche, most probably we can do it in a much better way. So it's, we are not denying that all those things are not possible. They are possible, but as no, we see no examples at present, but with this poor imitation of nature, we can be uh, assured of the fact that yes, instead of trying to do it with some external material, if we can make the our own psyche as the laboratory, our own mind as the laboratory and experiment on it, it is quite reasonable and it is scientific that all those things are possible. So that's being spoken of. So this in this sutra, when they speak of animadi, this actually speaks of these eight siddhis, which you develop by Bhutajaya, the which has spoken of in the previous sutra. And not only that, uh, you get dharma anabhighata. Just see that you can move through the solid, they're saying, the liquid won't drench you, won't drown you, you can move, go, pass through the liquid, through the air, through the solid, nothing can obstruct you. Yes, that's what, that the, the, the same example you will find, that when once you deliver the speech, nothing is in the world. This solid, you are within well within the walls of your office. The walls that you are penetrating, you are no liquid, no, nothing, no, no gaseous state, nothing can obstruct. The electromagnetic waves can transmit and you are reaching the mass for thousands of miles without any obstruction. So nothing can stop you, non-obstruction. And the other thing is kaya sampat. When you are experimenting with the, this bhuta, you get all the supernatural power and even you're doing with your physic, what happened is it speaks of the glorification of the body. You develop this beauty, complexion, strength, all those things come. That has been spoken of in the 46th Sutra. That what is Kaya Sampat, Rupa, Lavanya, Bala, Vajra, Sanghatvat, Kaya Sampat. Kaya Sampat. This, what is this, uh, this Kaya Sampat which has been spoken of in the previous Sutra? The glorification of the body, what it is, is a beauty. Yes, by knowing the science of that nowadays you find that, that in the market, there are so many products that use this, this is good for your skin, it's after Bhuta Jaya. And they do to a certain extent, they say that you, your skins won't have wrinkles. Yes, to a certain extent, Bhuta Jaya has been done. That you look old, with all, you look much younger with all those plastic surgery and all. So what has happened? The science has developed that in such a way that it can to certain extent to certain extent, enhance your beauty, your complexion, and all those, your strength with all the uh, signs available for that. Not only the, the gyms, uh, the trainers, and they will train you in such a way that with uh, a scientific approach, you can gain tremendous strength. And uh, that strength can be like Vajra, that has been said like this. 
So this, uh, this adamantine strength, Vajra Sanghana Natva. Sanghana Natva is Vajra Sanghana Natva means adamantine strength you develop by all those scientific procedure which is now applied to your body. So that's all possible that even we to certain extent experience it in our day-to-day life with all the modern advancement in science and technology. The 47 Sutra, what it is speaking of, it is again something related to our spiritual journey. Though it is a supernatural power, but it will help us spiritually. What is that? Grahana Swarupa Aspita Anvaya Arthatva Samyamat Indriya Jaya So this term actually confuses us, but it is speaking something which we have discussed so many times. Grahana, Grahana means perception. Swarupa, the experience which results from that perception. Asmita, the sense of ego underlying the knowledge acquired through that perception. Anvaya, the knowledge that results from that experience. Arthatva, the purpose of that knowledge. What it is speaking? Once you know this thing, you can develop the capacity of Indriya Jaya. You can have control over your own senses. What it is speaking? Grahana. So we have discussed. So why we do not have any control over Indriyas? That why? We have discussed so many times because we are obsessed. Why we are obsessed? That we find that, that though I'm trying, I find that something is harming me, but my mind tends to take me there again and again. All the crimes are done that way. Most probably sometimes the criminal are unable that they are kept in the jail not to punish them. Because uh, the society knows if they are kept uh, in the society free, their mind is prone to crime. Means they cannot restrict themselves. They have to be kept in a protected way. It's not to punish them. The moment you keep them in society, they're prone. They cannot stop themselves. They don't want to be in jail, but they have to be segregated. Why it happens? Because of obsession. How that obsession comes? Because we forget the purpose, the arthatva, which has been spoken of in this sutra. Grahana, Swarupa, Asmita, Anvay, Arthatva. That what is the purpose? That why I am, the, the thing which I am resorting to, what is the purpose? We forget. And we get attached to the means, to the neural pathway, which we have described so many times. That the primitive man, suppose that, you know, that he sees a fruit. The seeing that grahana means perception. He sees the fruit. He tastes it and experiences its swarupa. Then he finds, oh, it is sweet. Swarupa is, ah, the first he sees it. That, that is the grahana, seeing. And then swarupa is, it's, after tasting, he finds the sweetness is the swarupa, it's essence. And then the ego gets attached to it. Oh, it is good. It tastes nice. It, I just, uh, what do you say? It is not harmful. It nourishes me. So, that sweetness is getting linked with that asmita, my ego. Ah, this is good. I And then anvaya. What's the result which comes out of it? That's yes. All the sweet fruits which are in nature, it is not going to kill me. It is going to, it, uh, it, I'm going to thrive if I just sustain on them. So this is the knowledge which you get out of it. And from that, the arthatva, what is the arthatva? That yes. My purpose to gather sweet fruits is for my sustenance. And now in time, as we told again and again, when the neural pathway is formed, yet to get sweet fruits, sweet herbs, I forget the purpose. I start get obsessed. I start indulging. And all the lifestyle disease comes from it. Diabetes, what has happened? You forgot the arthatva, the purpose. So once, when, whenever we are in, we, in, we, we are uh, endeavoring for something, if always we keep the purpose in mind, that why we are doing it, that, that then the chance of getting obsessed by it, that is that gets negated. That's that's uh, there is no chance for it. So this is the that's the that's why it's called what you say the uh, the samyama. You have to concentrate on it. That in English, that proverb is there that the sign of purity is vigilance. The moment you are not vigilant, you become you have, you get entrapped. If we are vigilant, always at every time, whatever we are going to do, what's the purpose? Is it going to do me harm or is it going to help me? 
that how much certain food is good for me is after if i just take more than that out of obsession it is going to harm me not only too much sometimes even not taking food can become an obsession you know sometimes especially we find that nowadays that uh, to keep yourself slim and trim uh you will be avoiding food to certain extent it is good but again that becomes obsession and that results even in death you will become skin and bone even you won't have the tendency to eat food it becomes a psychological disease i immediately forgot the name it's a very severe state where uh, you don't even uh, feel like taking food you have to go on total aversion for it why it has happened again you forgot the purpose why were you doing it it was just to maintain the fitness but you forgot you now became obsessed to avoid food so sometimes we get indulged and sometimes even in avoiding we get obsessed so if we don't forget then we develop the control over our senses the indriya jaya so events once you have that power what's the result tato manojavitvam the 48 sutra the result which ensues from this practice tato manojavitvam vikarana bhava pradhana jaya cha manojavitvam what it means that you now develop a designed reflex mano when you know what's the reflex when the, when your uh, mind is not required some response of your body is even faster than the mind to give an example if your knee in a knee certain in certain position if it's uh, if someone hits you the knee will have a jerk for they that as they say even if your mind if you're sleeping if it it's done the leg will have a it will have a jerk when you are sleeping if someone touches your eyeball immediately you will respond that though your active mind is not taking uh, any decision this is reflex so manojavita means faster than mind it's actually means the reflex vikarana bhava means what the ability of the organs to function independent of the mind so this together speaks of reflex so we have reflexes that even when i'm sleeping if some hot body touches my hand i won't have to take uh, any conscious decision my hand automatically will get repelled from it it's a reflex by constantly having that practicing that awareness of that what what is the purpose of my all this pursuits sensual pursuits you can change your reflex you can design your reflex the reflex can change that's is me mentioned in this sutra and that will help you in getting control over the nature pradhana this pradhana is the nature you get you develop power over the nature the nature can no more lure you because you have designed your reflex our reflexes at present are by default programmed but we can design them we need not be uh, we need not have to respond as per the default mode we can design them and change the responses so just so in the bhagavad gita it has been mentioned that it illumines soul what happens when we when we the, we are in presence of the sense sense objects our indriyas are drawn towards it but for one who is stita pragya like a tortoise the limbs are gathered inside the shell this uh, in the bhagavad gita this example they have given when the tortoise sees any danger immediately its limbs will go inside the shell for a realized soul for the soul who is illumined similarly instead of getting drawn towards objects is is drawn in this yada sangharate chayam kurmongani basarvashen bhagavad gita is mentioned so what has happened for a soul who is spiritually evolved his reflex has changed for ordinary person their indriyas he is drawn the indriyas are lured by it for for him he has designed in such a way that they are move away from it so that's been spoken of here in this sutra by constantly uh, keeping the mind vigilant about the purpose for which i am doing anything my reflex will change it will just change uh, and you won't have to take a uh, what you say a conscious decision or oh, i shouldn't do this automatically you will be repelled back there's a wonderful example which we gave again and again in the life of ramakrishna when he was doing his sadhana he resolved that he won't touch any metal because the coins are made of metal 
it speaks of wealth so as he wanted to depend to fully on divine he took a resolution i won't touch coin so he went to that extent that any metal i won't touch after all metal speaks of wealth how if for food i need a metal plate but is it fact actually in the olden days we used to take it on a banana leaf so metal plate actually speaks of wealth banana leaf is in nature you can go and just have it and have food on it so even a metal plate speaks of wealth so anything metal i avoid he took a resolution so it was a conscious resolution at the beginning but what happened he had that indriya jaya how how it became reflex even unconsciously if any metal is to touch he is to touch a metal unconsciously it will be like a scorpion bite and he told his devotees that i cannot touch i cannot just bear the touch of metal narendra thought it is just this exaggerated statement how can it be so one day he kept some coin beneath the mattress of his bed when he was not in his room so we must uh, understand this in india mattress means it's something very thin it's not the thick mattress in the tropical weather we use some very thin mat so below that he kept it when ramakrishna returned to his room sat on his bed over the mat narain was observing to see that he says that any metal if it touches he immediately gets a sting like a pain like a sting of a scorpion is it really true so he was he was hiding himself and observing ramakrishna jumped up and called his nephew please just uh, remove the mat and see if something is there and the coin was found out and ramakrishna immediately realized someone just to test him has kept the coin and he found narendra was there he was happy that he was being tested he told that uh, just always be uh, just before having faith in me you should minutely observe me so he was happy he was not angry on him but narend had a big lesson that yes that education the real education is the nervous association of ideas that you internalize an idea in such a way it just changes your reflex unless it does that that's ramakrishna that's why I always used to say in his life he has internalized the values it changes his reflex that's why i used to say your education is just like a the vulture soaring high in the sky the vulture soars high in the sky but its total focus is on the carrion some dead rotten flesh in the ground in some pit in some pit some rotten flesh is there its attention is there it's soaring very high with all our degrees with all our qualifications we soar high with all our attention is on the carrion is the rotten flesh so why we haven't internalized the values it has not in change any way changed our reflexes we couldn't design our reflex it has not internalized so that's why it is told that once you develop that capacity you it's not only you have to consciously decide that i have i shouldn't do this i shouldn't do that your reflex will change spontaneously even faster than the mind de- decision that's why it's mano javitvam it's faster than the mind your senses will react to the situation in a way where the mind did not come to picture vikarana bhava speaks of that in that the functioning of the uh, or sense organs even irrespective of the mind vikarana bhava where there is no need we karana means the indriyas in sanskrit if you word know the words it's very interesting karana all the indriyas are called the karana we karana means with means indriyas without this mano without the mind the indriyas react without the mind so this just this words confuses us but actually speaking of the reflex in the reflex the mind is not required your body is some part is reacting to a situation without the decision of the mind here also the same thing happens but you have designed it it's no more default and that's why it is just the opposite of the default mode which is common for the entire humanity so that's been spoken of here tato manojavitvam vikarana bhava and pradhana you de- that's how you develop the control over the nature the last sutra with which we will end this today's discussion uh, and this is the last sutra which speaks of the vibhuti from the 50th sutra we will have uh, the discussion on the last section the kaival it will be the introduction of the kaivalya pada so what the 49th sutra is speaking sattva purusha अन्यता ख्याति मात्रस्या सर्वभाव अधिष्ठात्रित्वम सर्वज्ञ सर्वज्ञात्रित्वम च 
अधिष्ठात्रित्व मीन्स ओमनी पोर्टेंस सर्वज्ञात्रित्व मीन्स ओमनी साइंस सर यू डेवलप ओमनी पोर्टेंस एंड ओमनी साइंस हाउ स्वत्व पुरुष अन्यता ख्याति मात्र से सत्व मीन्स अ बुद्धि पुरुष once you can distinguish between these two we have discussed it earlier so we won't take much time in this sutra once you have differentiated these two you know the buddhi to be separate from the purusha then what happens you develop omnipotence wow we have discussed so many time that as you have now uh, what you say that developed that total discrimination so as a result what happens all the mental modules falls off and you develop the power to access any of the module and uh, you open up the infinite possibilities the nature has infinite modules it is because of our bias we are fixed to particular module once because of discrimination you have lost the bias now you can download anything as we told that in internet so many things are there it is our bias which keeps us fixed to particular search but we can search anything so the moment you develop that power of discrimination so now your filter machine that buddhi is a filter machine it can download anything and everything giving you omnipotence and omniscience that all knowingness how it comes again the same it is a bias which restricts our knowledge there is a wonderful example in vedanta in yoga that is ordinary stump you know the trunk of the tree which has fallen a stump is there in the corner of a park in the dark when in the twilight hours in the dark a small child to play is over now wants to go back home sees his uh, is in search of his parents the parents will take him back seeing the stump thinks that to be the parent the parent thinks it to be the child the someone uh, is, is 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 in search of his beloved the sweetheart uh, the lover the the girl thinks him to be his the lover the boy the boy thinks him to be the girl the police who is in search of the thief thinks it to be the thief the thief who is running away from the police thinks the stuff to be the police so what has happened my bias doesn't allow me to the see the stump as the stump so in our life all our knowledge gets restricted because of all those biases i am this i am that and the immediately your knowledge is restricted so all those biases unless it falls off you can never have an all comprehensive knowledge as sri ramakrishna's that example again we give that two players were playing chess the third one was observing the one who was observing was saying the correct move the players were faltering why they were faltering the steps because most of their mind were engaged with the apprehension that with expectation i have to win the apprehension the fear i may lose so they cannot give the full mind to the game the one who is observing his mind is free from all those apprehensions all those expectations fully focused on the game so he says the correct move onlooker says the correct move so your knowledge becomes all comprehensive and the all expectations all apprehensions fears fall off all the bias fall off you see yourself objectively and then that opens up the knowledge of the thing as it is free from all the bias so you become omniscience you become omnipotent so with this the all the sutras dealing with the vibhutis ends from the 50th sutra the introduction of the kaivalya part of the last chapter will start which we will take up again in the next class so with this we stop our discussion thank you all namaskars